Evening everybody, it's good to have you along, whoever's tuning in to us this Thursday Thursday afternoon. It's a wee bit odd to be doing it from videos, but we welcome whoever's tuning in to us live from the bottom of the garden for a wee change of scenery. But hope everybody's keeping well and that you're all keeping safe in these rather strange and perilous times that we're living in. But I trust the Lord will bless and speak to your hearts tonight as we bring a little short word from the Word of God to, to your hearts tonight. You know, it'll be a, it's a well-known passage, so it is. I was just thinking in Second Chronicles and chapter 20, we read about a man called King Jehoshaphat. And if you wanted a little title for the message tonight, it would simply be Persevering Through the Plague. Persevering Through the Plague. We know what in these days with this this sweep of coronavirus it's we're living in fearful days, but I just want to bring a wee message, hopefully, to encourage hearts and the Lord will speak. I just want to read maybe the first twenty or so verses. I'll give you time to get your Bibles and to read it along with me. Second Chronicles, please, and chapter twenty. It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then, came, then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this, on this side Syria. And, be, and behold, they be in Azazon Tamar, which is in Gidei. And Jehoshaphat feared, and set himself to seek the Lord, and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even, even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court, and said, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven, and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the, of the heathen? And in thine hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? Art not thou our God, who dost drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, and givest it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein, and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, Look at this wee verse, If when evil cometh upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before his house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then wilt thy hear and help. And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab, and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade, when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned not from them, and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come, to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us, neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives and their children. Then upon Jeha Jehazel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jehel, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou 
King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of, Je of Jeriel. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Amen. And we know the Lord will bless this little, this maybe a bit long of a reading of his precious word to us. We all know this little story, friends. It's the story of King Jehoshaphat, the man and king who won a battle without even tra without even having to fight, without even having to lift a spear or sword. This man won the battle. The story of King Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, provides us with helpful instruction about prayer and trusting God when we face severe trials. Jehoshaphat was basically a good king who sought to follow the Lord and bring God's people back to him. We read of that in chapter 19. He ruled in the southern kingdom while the, while the wicked Ahab ruled in the north. But I wonder, believers, believers, do we feel under trial in the midst of this pandemic? We shouldn't be fearing, but we can learn an awful lot from King Jehoshaphat about how to react and what to do when the enemy comes. Firstly, we can see his situation in verse verse 1. It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that Jehoshaphat saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee. And Jehoshaphat feared. One day Jehoshaphat was shaken when his intelligence sources come and tell him, King Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea of, out of Aram, and the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and others come to battle. The enemy coalition was about 15 miles south of Jerusalem, on the western shore of the Dead Sea. Jehoshaphat's life and his entire kingdom were now on the brink of extinction. He is faced with an impending threat. The enemy is closing in and they're pushing him against the wall. And it tells us that he feared. I was just thinking as we look at Jehoshaphat's situation, apply that to us. The situation is the same. It's not an impending army, but maybe it feels that way. The enemy, the old devil, is closing in. With what, what with being in the house so much and not being able to get out, it's a playground for the devil, isn't it? It's a playground for him to easily come in and to trap us. And, and to do battle, where would that be? Where is he going to do battle? Well, in one of his most notorious battlefields, the minds of the believer. He isn't in our houses holding us hostage, but that's not to say maybe he is keeping us in bondage. Maybe he's keeping you in bondage. It's his business to attack the minds of believers, especially in these days. We talk about plagues. Maybe he's plaguing our minds as the old devil, as we said at home, friends. Maybe he's plaguing our minds. Maybe he's, he's whispering words to try and discourage us, to try and get us down in these days. Especially in these days. His word would tell us that we fight not against principalities, against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. He loves to attack the thoughts. He loves to corrupt the thoughts. And being alone these days with our thoughts can be a very dangerous place to be. It can be just like this enemy of 
of, of an enemy force that's surrounding and coming against King Jehoshaphat. The devil is in our minds and he's maybe surrounding and pressing up us against the wall. He's corrupting our thoughts. But look at how God would describe our thoughts. We know that little verse in Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward ye, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give ye an expected end. Some difference, isn't there? Some difference between what the devil wants to do with our minds and what the Lord says, how he, how he thinks and his thoughts are toward us. Maybe like a Jehoshaphat friend, I don't know. Maybe there's a battle going on in our mind in the house today. Maybe he is reminding you of the past, your past sin, sins, bringing them all to remembrance now that we've plenty of time to sit and to dwell on. His word tells us that but we ought to remind ourselves that as far as the east is from the west, so our sins are forgiven us. The book of Job could also could remind us of the Lord putting them in a bag. The Bible describes us as sheep. You know, when our brother Stephen shared a lovely little message about the shepherd, but the Bible describes us as sheep. But maybe we are so we are more so a flock of frightened sheep. The song says we are more than conquerors through Christ. But the reality is maybe we're more than cowards. And I know that's maybe a bit hard-hitting, but maybe we're more than cowards because we're letting the devil take in, come in and take charge. There's another picture of it way back when young David went up against the Philistine Goliath. We've seen all the armies of Israel cowering at the enemy who defied them. And David has to, had to say, let no man's heart fail him because of fear. I wonder is your heart failing is because of fear? You know, we turn on the news and there's nothing but fear. We know that. But I wonder, are our hearts failing us for fear? Maybe that's us. Hearts failing us. It's easy to let our minds run ahead and get intimidated by the Goliaths or the impending armies in our lives. As that wee verse Stephen shared with us a few months ago, it tells the, the, chil the children of Ephraim being armed, turned back in the day of battle. Is the enemy in your mind so much that maybe we're in retreat? Maybe we're finding ourselves on the on the retreat this today. If we sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. But you know, we're not we weren't redeemed, friends, to be kicked around like a spiritual football. And for so many that's what the devil's doing, and he's doing it even more in these days. He's kicking us around like a spiritual football. A.W. Tozer once said, We don't live in a playground, rather a battleground or a battlefield. And in the wave of this virus, the battle has maybe came inward. It's more personal now. Isolation in a different way. We need to break free from the attacks of the devil on our minds and our hearts. There cometh a great multitude before before thee. Surrender. Take a leaf out of Jehoshaphat's book and learn a few little things. We've looked at his situation and how it can be took as a situation that we could be facing as well, an impending attack. Firstly, look. His situation caused him to seek. In verses 3 it says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord, and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judea. And, Jud and Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. That's obvious to any believer, of course. But just because it's obvious doesn't maybe all always make it automatic. Our great need does not automatically drive us to prayer. It's easy to read this story and miss what a great thing it was for Jehoshaphat to call the entire nation to prayer over this crisis. And in passing, I wonder, do we do that? 
Are we praying in unity? As Jehoshaphat called the nation, it would have been very human for him to panic. When he heard the news of this army within his borders, we could understand if he yelled, call out the top generals, get the army mobilized immediately. We don't have a second to waste. As soon as the troops are mustered, if there was time, he could have stopped for a quick word of prayer. But no, what does Jehoshaphat do? But for Jehoshaphat to turn his attention to seek the Lord and to call a nation to prayer and fasting was automatic. It was automatic for the this king to do this. As we said at home, it can be so easy to let things slip. The prayer life, the quiet time, spending time in the Word. And the devil can eat, really have a field day for the one day a week Christians, especially in these times. If Maybe if we're only used to being, maybe there's no such thing as I would believe it, but the, the Sunday Christian, it's going to be a lot harder for those believers like that in these days. If there is such a thing, who rely on the Sunday morning, it's going to be very, very hard. There could be spiritual battles going on behind closed doors in these days that we need that we need to seek him about. Go to the great I am. Verse 4, there's a nice wee phrase there. It says, to ask help of the Lord. A wee phrase like that is often overlooked. But remember what the psalmist said, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Ask him to help. It shouldn't be hard. He was a Jehoshaphat was equipped for war. It would have been easy to think we prepared for this. Call out the army. Let's go get them. But Jehoshaphat, rather than trusting in his army, publicly admits his lack of strength and calls on God as his only help in this time of crisis. He put prayer first. He realised that he could do some things after he had prayed, but he could do nothing worthwhile before he prayed. You know, so many believers were like that. We run ahead so much and the prayer is always the, always the last resort. But it should, seeking his face should be the greatest thought. I don't know what battle you're going through, but we need to place our full weight on him. And as Hebrews would tell us to lay aside every weight that so easily does beset us. Not only that, but we need to come to not just through the motions. If we go into battle as if we're only going through the motions, we're bound to fail and retreat. What army could win if there were all talk and no action? Prayer is the same. We need to come at all, come at, at like this, humbling ourselves and prepare ourselves for prayer. We can't just show up to prayer. We have to be still. We have to ready ourselves. There's much praying being done, but maybe little of it doing anything. You know, in these days of the plague, that verse in Chronicles, if my people called by my name will humble themselves and pray, it's quoted so often, but think about it. If my people called by my name, three little words, will humble themselves. How often we're forgetting that little bit. We often overlook that bit. Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah. In the ancient Near East, kings were a proud bunch. They had an image to maintain. Leaders have to be tough and inspire confidence in their leadership. What kind of leader admits in front of his people, I'm afraid, folks, because we're helpless against our enemy? For any any king, that's not good politics. But that's exactly what Jehoshaphat did. He admitted his fear, called a national prayer meeting, and then prayed in front of everyone about how weak he was. It tells us that in verse 12. O God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against thee, this great company that cometh. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. Neither know we what to do. And believers, maybe we don't know what to do. In that case, we ought to go and seek the great I am who knows what to do and knows exactly what to do. 
The best thing you and I can say before God today is, I don't know what to do, but you do. But Jehoshaphat wasn't worried about politics or his public image. He knew that he was in deep trouble if God didn't answer. And so he was openly abetted his weakness and called upon the Lord. And it says, and ye shall seek me, and ye shall find me, when ye seek after me with all your heart. That's the last, last we bet we often forget. To seek after him with all our heart. As we pray admit, amidst this plague for ourselves and our family, we are vulnerable as Jehoshaphat was, was physically. But we're spiritually vulnerable. This, this time is a chance the devil wants to get you. But we must battle and seek, seek the one who can equip us in these times of trial. A little point here on seeking him would be clearly Jehoshaphat knew God. Verses 6 and 7. And said, as Jehoshaphat, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? He knew him as creator. And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? He knew him as, as king and ruler. And in thy hand is there not power and might? He knew of the power that was of God. So that none is able to withstand thee. Art thou not, art not thou our God? We see that there's personal there. Who dost drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel. And give us it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever. He's looking back and he remembers everything God has done for them in the past. In verse 3 Jehoshaphat turned his attention to seek the Lord. And verse 4 states that the people not only sought help from the Lord. But also that they sought the Lord. You see the wee difference. This was nothing new for Jehoshaphat. He is described in chapter 17, uh, one who sought the God of his father. The Hebrew word seek means literally to trample underfoot, to beat a path to God, because you frequent that way so often. It's significant that in Jehoshaphat's prayer, the first four verses focus on God himself. And finally, in the last three verses, he, gets, he finally gets around to mentioning his problem. Or so often to go to God with our problems. But even in mentioning the problem in Jehoshaphat's prayer, God is prominent. I wonder if we were facing immediate annihilation as he was, would we be so God-centered? In a crisis, I usually would pray, God, get me out of here. I want relief and I want it now. But in so praying, we miss something crucial. In a crisis, we aren't supposed to run and get God off the shelf like and Aladdin's genie, rub him in the right way and ask what we want. Oh no. And then put him back on the shelf come the next crisis. Trials should cause us to seek God himself. And as many man has said in these days, don't waste the lockdown. Use the time to get to know God. Get to know him personally. If we didn't know him or don't show up frequently. Jehoshaphat's prayer is also steeped in scripture. It, states, it starts by in, verse tw in chapter 20 and verse 6. He tells us about, he recites God's attributes. He says, you are the God of our fathers, implying that he takes care of us. You are the God in heaven, the ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations, including those that are about to wipe them out. You are so powerful and mighty that no one can stand against you. No, why is he telling God all this? Certainly not for God's own information. It was to rehearse in his own mind and in the people's mind the greatness of God. And God is great today. As we come to prayer, well, as we come to prayer, don't forget to praise. Don't forget to praise Him for everything that He done. That tells me that we need to get into the Word during this lockdown. Don't waste it, and study the Scriptures so we can see that He's that they certain the situation caused them to seek, but also seek. If I can use it, it says seeking led them to standing. 
from their seeking, we didn't we see that they stood. What I mean here is that they held their ground and didn't back down from it. We read there in that little verse. It tells us in verse 17, Set yourselves, stand ye still. Or sorry, verse 9. If when evil cometh upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand. We stand before this house and in thy presence. The scripture tells us, Submit yourself therefore unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee. We need to as individuals and then as a church claim this promise. His word also tells us, having done all to stand. And oh, I want you to notice the verse, If when evil cometh upon us, it's sore judgment or pestilence. And this is certainly when we are getting a pestilence. Note the end of that little verse. We stand. This isn't the time to be cowering. Yes, we are in our houses and doors are shut, but we certainly shouldn't be closing our doors on God. He hasn't abdicated the throne. He is still on it. And the people here knew that. No matter what came upon them, they could stand in his presence and we need to do the same. If the enemy is coming and playing on our mind, don't stand back. Don't, don't back down. Verse 12 tells us that all Judah stood before the Lord. With, with their little ones, their wives and their children. We often quote that gospel armour, don't we, of Ephesians 6. You know, the stand against the fiery attacks of the devil in these days. The praying and seeking given through the king was one thing, but believing and acting upon it was another thing. And I would relate that to standing upon it. It tells us later on in this chapter, me, that three singers were, were staking their very lives on the truthfulness of what word of the word of God when the, when the Lord spoke to them and told them to go down and to face the enemy they, these, it tells us of singers that went down to face them they were doing a crazy thing marching unarmed in front of, an, in front of the army singing praises to God against a powerful enemy that was armed to the teeth as they went on this seemingly crazy mission, Jehoshaphat encouraged the people, saying, Put your trust in the Lord, your God. Verse 20. And they rose up early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, all ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God. So shall ye be established. Believe his prophets. So shall ye prosper. They, they, had a, they, they stood on what the Lord had told them. Faith means, you know, I don't have to remind us, but faith means to actually obey it, not just in the head, but in the heart. It takes courage to stand on it. And I know I felt often before when attacks come, I couldn't. But you know, Joshua 1 and 9 reminds us to do not be discouraged. The battle is ultimately not ours to fight. It is the Lord's and he is here. Battles that is conventional, battles are often won by who is the strongest power. The strongest navy or air force. It is the one. It is also once said the battle is won that whoever can produce the most of an arsenal and throw it against the enemy the quickest. We know then that God is the most powerful, and that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. And the enemy and all he can do far and he God can do far more than the devil ever can, and he is far stronger than us. Left to us, we will retreat and lose, and and we can't fight the battle on ourselves. And the devil will keep us in bondage rather than take this away. If the battle is not yours but God's, you know I would say, place it in the place it in the hands of an everlasting God and stand on it. The Lord never fails those who trust Him and obey His word. 
That is not to say that he delivers everyone who trusts him from suffering or even death. There are many who have trusted God and lost their heads. John the Baptist for one and many others. But this earthly life isn't the final chapter. All who suffer loss for Jesus will be richly rewarded in heaven. We know that. Just as Israel was enriched literally by the spoils of victory. If we recognise our great need, praise we our great God and trust in him alone, not in the arm of flesh. Finally and very quickly, if we seek truthfully and honestly and stand courageously, we will see, we will see what the Lord can do. They went from seeking him. They went from seeking him to stand in their ground. But finally, it tells us that we, they, they've seen what happened from, from seeking to standing to seeing. Verse 17, it tells us, Stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord. In verse 24, And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, there were dead bodies fallen on the earth, and none escaped. And it tells us there that also the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. In verse 27, it says, Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And they looked unto the multitude, and behold, there were dead bodies. Once we have sought him and stood firm, I believe then we will see the Lord working. If the devil or this pestilence is upon you and is causing us panic, believer, do us Jehoshaphat and look and see just what the Lord might be doing. I fear not, neither be dismayed. Simply look and see the salvation of the Lord. What would Jehoshaphat's message to us be then? Stand ye still. Reminds me of those few little phrases in scripture. I can understand that the devil is maybe running amok in our minds today, but we can get our we can get we can get out of this bondage by seeking, standing firm, and by seeing or standing still and looking at just what the Lord might be doing. You know, Psalm twenty seven and fourteen tells us to wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Whenever we become impatient with the Father and get in a hurry, maybe not these days we have so much time to stop and rest. Use the lockdown wisely. Don't waste it. And don't give the devil the victory. Christ can give us the victory during it. But we must remember three orders given in the Bible. Just like the one stand ye still. Stand still in Exodus 14 and 13. Sit still in Ruth 3 and 18. And be still in Psalm 46 and 10. If we stand still, God can go before us and prepare the way. As he did with Jehoshaphat. As he did for Israel when they crossed the Red Sea. If we sit still, God can work for us and accomplish his perfect will as he did for Ruth so long ago. As we do, so long as we don't run ahead of him and let him work and don't try to do it our way or pick up the sword and do it our way. And if we be still, the Lord will be our refuge and strength in times of trouble and everything will work out for his glory and good. We must get free. You know, as that other verse, it says, looking unto Jesus. Verse 9 again, when evil cometh upon us, as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, we stand before this house and in thy presence to, pers to, per to persevere through a plague. And what whatever form that plague may be, we can do it, or should I say the Lord can do it, can do the great thing. The great I am can do it. When the multitude is coming, when the plague is drawing closer, as the devil is playing havoc, with our minds. Just remind him who the, who, is, who the one is that's battling against him. The God who is our shield, Psalm 144. 
the one who is our refuge from the storm, Hosea 25 and 4, and a stronghold, and it tells us in Nahum 1 and 7, and the list goes on, good we study during lockdown would be to go and hope goes out. The battle is not ours, but the Lord's. Don't live a defeated life, friends. It is for us to trust and to trust wholly in the Lord Jesus. That is the only way we will conquer fear and live in a blessed victory. Get on our knees and say, I have had enough of this oppression. I refuse to take any more of this heaviness or bondage. This does not come from God, it comes from the devil. Settle in their heart to go and seek him humbly. Settle in your heart to stand firm in his presence. And then settle in your heart to see what the Lord can do. A.W. Tozer, and those of you who know me know that I am a great fan of A.W. Tozer. He put it like this. The Lord wants us to be humble and let him do the chastening when necessary. But when the devil comes tampering, dare to resist him. You are a child of God, the living King. Why go mourning all the day? Through him we can ever we can overcome. That lovely wee verse that tells us, But thanks be unto God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He giveth us the victory. And it's great to think that in these days that we have the same God who battled battled the enemy and the multitude for Jehoshaphat and the same God who was there when young David took on David took on Goliath and our hearts shouldn't be shouldn't be failing because of fear. In these days, this should be the time when the Christian is a getting equipped. This should be the time when the Christian is seeking. The time when the Christian is standing, and the time, most of all, when the Christian is seeing what the Lord's going to do. You know, we know of that verse when uh, Joseph talked about his brothers, what the devil meant for good, or what the devil meant for evil. The Lord meant it for good. So indeed, don't waste your lockdown. And when all, when God will, and all this blows over, <coughs> hopefully we'll be, we'll come out of it more strengthened and not disheartened because the enemy's got in and has um, and has took our minds and our minds and our hearts into bondage, and he's maybe holding us hostage. But we can learn from Jehoshaphat that the battle is indeed the Lord's. And that's why we can stand firm in these days. But thanks be unto God who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in to us. And we we pray for you all and trust the Lord will continue to meet your need and to be near and to be with you all in these days. Thanks for listening.